0: the news you need to know it's the wabc early news on 77 wabc
2: welcome to the 77 wabc early news i'm deborah valentine with your news sports business traffic and weather here's everything you need to know
0: The top five at five.
2: With gas prices at a record high under his administration, President Biden heads to oil rich Saudi Arabia later this month, then Israel. A new poll finds more than two thirds of respondents disagree with the U.S. Supreme Court's anticipated ruling expected to overturn Roe v. Wade. Ukraine's president addresses Luxembourg's lawmakers, revealing one-fifth of the country is now under Russian control while pleading for more sanctions and more weapons. New gun control initiatives here in New York State and New York City follow mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, Texas and Oklahoma. Health concerns swirling around 96-year-old Queen Elizabeth II unable to attend today's Jubilee, celebrating her 70-year reign. President Joe Biden expected to visit oil-rich Saudi Arabia later this month as U.S. gas prices are at record high levels. His administration is attempting to repair strained relations and bring more oil onto the global market. That, according to five sources, with knowledge of his plans. They told that to NBC News. The president is expected to meet with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, according to U.S. officials, familiar with his travel plans. The president has long blamed the rising oil prices on various sources, including the war in Ukraine. At the
1: start of this year, gas was about $3.30 a gallon. Today, it's about averaging $4.20, 422, It's higher in many states. Nearly a dollar more in less than three months. And the reason for that is because of Putin's
2: war. The president will visit Israel on the same trip. The crown prince is Saudi Arabia's de facto ruler and in line to be its next king. On the campaign trail, Biden promised to treat the kingdom as a pariah state after the killing of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi in October of 2018. The CIA concluded the crown prince had ordered Khashoggi's murder. MBS, short for Crown Prince, has denied any personal involvement in Khashoggi's killing. More than two-thirds of Americans want to uphold Roe v. Wade. That's according to a new Wall Street Journal poll. 68 of respondents said they would not like to see the court completely overturn Roe. Well, 30 percent said they support that move. The poll was taken after the leak of a draft opinion that suggests the U.S. Supreme Court might be preparing to overturn the 1973 decision legalizing abortion. New York State Attorney General Letitia James says even if Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortions will continue. Bans will not stop abortions. Bans will only stop safe abortions. And that is why we are here today. The poll found abortion support wanes based on the length of a pregnancy. The poll found that 34 percent of respondents favored abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy and 43 percent were in opposition. Twenty one percent said they neither supported nor opposed such a move at that time frame. One fifth of Ukrainian territory is now under Russia's control. Addressing Luxembourg's lawmakers on Thursday, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said the eastern Donbass region is almost entirely destroyed. Zelensky also said fighting continues along the front line. Here's Zelensky in an interview with Newsmax.
1: The situation in the east is very difficult. We're losing 60 to 100 soldiers per day as killed in action and something around 500 people as wounded in action. So we are holding our defensive perimeter.
2: Zelensky claimed that more than 30,000 Russian soldiers have been killed since the war began over three months ago. He urged additional sanctions on Russia, asking for more weapons to support Ukraine's fight. New gun control initiatives in both New York State and New York City New York State's legislature passed a package of legislation yesterday banning anyone under age 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle, along with other measures now on their way to the governor for her signature. New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced the formation of the Gun Violence Prevention Task Force The task force will be headed by co-chairs A.T. Mitchell, the founder of Brooklyn-based anti-violence group Man Up, and Deputy Mayor for Strategic Initiatives Sheena Wright. Mitchell is known for dispatching teams of violence interrupters to neighborhoods with high shooting rates to prevent tragedies before they strike. The community that we represent
1: can create, as you heard mentioned at this podium, solutions for themselves. And we're going to work hand in sync with that community to make sure that we deliver the things
2: that they say that they need. Members of the task force will meet regularly to solve problems in real time and ensure that all agencies are held accountable for making and keeping New York neighborhoods safe. The actions follow mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, which left 10 people dead and three hurt. It's the sound of the Royal Air Force at the Platinum Jubilee for Queen Elizabeth II. Britain's Queen will miss a service of Thanksgiving at St Paul's Cathedral today, though, for her jubilee marking her 70-year reign. It's due to discomfort. The Queen appeared, though, at Buckingham Palace on a balcony Thursday, using a cane as huge crowds flocked to the mall to see the monarch and her family. The queen participated in a beacon lighting ceremony from Windsor Castle last evening. Four days of celebrations underway into the weekend to mark the monarch's longest reign in the history of the crown. Queen Elizabeth ascended to the throne at the age of 25 following the death of her father, George VI. She is 96 years old. Prince Charles, her son, of course, heir to the throne. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, 30 percent chance of showers until about eight this morning. Then it clears, turning mostly sunny today, our high 76 overnight, partly cloudy, the low 64 sunny day tomorrow. The high 78 light winds to 11 miles per hour right now, 63 degrees, mostly cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. Well, President Joe Biden said Wednesday there is little he can do to lower costs with inflation at a 40 year high under his administration His statement is an acknowledgment that prices will remain high as he works to bring down other costs. Biden plays some of the blame on Abbott Nutrition for America's frustrations. The president's plan has centered on allowing the Federal Reserve the necessary independence to combat inflation through monetary policy. Biden also blamed the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing effect on energy and grain as reasons for spiking prices. Services are continuing in Texas for victims of last Tuesday's massacre at the Robb Elementary School. An emotional twin wake was held Wednesday for two 10-year-old cousins among 21 victims of that school massacre. Here's President Biden in a speech he made last evening.
1: More kids than on-duty cops killed by guns. More kids than soldiers killed by guns. For God's sake, how much more carnage are we willing to accept? How many more innocent American lives? must be taken before we say enough, enough.
2: Ironically, both cousins, a boy and a girl, had tried to skip school the day of the massacre. According to relatives, the gunman was shot and killed by law enforcement. Stop
0: the steal! Stop the steal!
2: Well, sound from the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol there. A new poll, meanwhile, finds that... agree with the statement that the nation seems headed towards a civil war in the near future. Among party lines, 53% of Republicans and 39% of Democrats agree with the statement. The data comes in a new poll by the Southern Poverty Law Center. The poll also found support for the great replacement theory referenced by the shooter who opened fire in a Buffalo, New York supermarket last month. The poll was done in late April before the horrific mass shooting in Buffalo, where the assailants digital postings were filled with conspiratorial and racist ramblings. In another sobering statistic about one in five told the poll that at least they somewhat approved of assassinating a politician whom they believed was harming the country or our democracy. We're learning more about the gunman who killed two doctors and two others at an Oklahoma medical building Wednesday before turning the weapon on himself. Police said yesterday that the shooter's been identified as Michael Lewis. He killed his surgeon, they say, because of ongoing back pain from a related surgery. Police say Lewis early Wednesday legally purchased an AR-15 style rifle used in the massacre at St. Francis Hospital. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin read the names of the victims at a press conference yesterday.
1: We have Dr. Preston Phillips, Dr. Stephanie Housen, Amanda Green, William Love.
2: Lewis killed surgeon Dr. Preston Phillips, another physician, a receptionist, and a patient. An unspecified number of other people were also injured in that shooting. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci says he will likely step down from his leadership positions by 2024, regardless of who ends up in the White House. Here's Dr. Fauci when he was asked about this question back in April. I want to
1: make sure we're really out of this before I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the right direction. I hope we stay that way.
2: He, of course, talking about COVID-19, Fauci currently serves as both chief medical advisor to the president and the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The 81-year-old Fauci was appointed as director of NIAID back in 1984. He has advised a total of seven presidents, dating back to President Ronald Reagan. Ex-Soviet and now Israeli journalist Mark Kotlarsky claims that Russian President Vladimir Putin has pancreatic cancer. He claims that this cancer diagnosis was confirmed to him by both the Kremlin and medical informers in Moscow. The journalist also reports a Moscow hospital is reportedly on standby for Russian President Vladimir Putin with high security. Also, ex-British spy Christopher Steele confirmed certain details that would suggest that Putin's health is failing while speaking to Bloomberg News.
1: What we do know is that he's constantly accompanied around the place by a team of doctors, that many of the meetings of the Security Council that are shown to supposedly last for a whole hour are actually broken up into several sections and that he goes out and receives
2: some kind of medical treatment between those sections. He also said, Steele did, that one of the buildings of the Blokin Center has been urgently mobilized in Moscow for Putin And Steele added that Putin was expected for a procedure called paracentesis, or puncture of the abdominal cavity. President Biden is preparing to finalize a first-of-its-kind deal with Spain. It's to resettle refugees from the Western Hemisphere that continue to flood into the U.S., according to a Wednesday evening report. The pledge from Spain is coupled with Canada significantly expanding its refugee commitment in the region. 77 WABC time check. 5.15 Let's head over to Justin Ellic for a look at sports.
1: Let's do it, Deb. Happy Friday. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. More than enough baseball to go around yesterday with a doubleheader in the Bronx and the Mets taking on the Dodgers out in LA. Let's check in with the Bombers first here as they took both games from the Angels in their day-night doubleheader. Game one saw the Bomber Bats get to the right arm of Shohei Otani as Matt Carpenter and Gleyber Torres each tagged Otani for solo shots in the first inning. In the third, you know this guy had to get involved all rise for the MLB leading 19th time this season. That one is drilled to left field. There it goes. See ya. A bullet home run off the bat of Judge. His 19th of the year. It's 3-0 Yanks. That call courtesy of Michael K and the Yes Network. The Yanks wouldn't waver in game one, taking the 6-1 to victory into the nightcap where they'd keep the momentum going with a 2-1 to comeback victory. Jameson Taillon stayed red hot on the slab and flirted with perfection through seven innings. L.A.'s Jared Walsh would squander the bid with a double in the eighth, but the Yanks' bats would eventually pick Taillon up in the bottom half with this clutch two RBI single off the bat of a pinch hitting Anthony Rizzo. Grounded up the middle. it's up base Michael Kay again on the call following the serious sweep. The Bombers will try and keep it going tonight with Detroit in town for 7.05 p.m. first pitch. Garrett Cole gets the call going up against Detroit's Elvin Rodriguez. As for the Mets, not much to report on theirs. They get shut out 2-0 in L.A. by the Dodgers' Tony Gonsolin. Just three hits on the day will never be enough against this Dodgers squad, so the Mets will try and up the ante tonight at 10:10 p.m. to not up the series that'll be Chris Bassett on the bump versus LA's Tyler Anderson quickly some scores out on the hardwood and the ice the Celtics come all the way back and steal game one of the NBA finals winning 120 to 108 on the road on the ice it was the Avalanche grabbing a 2 nothing series lead in the Western Conference final against the Edmonton Oilers with a 4 to nothing victory and tonight game two Madison Square Garden the Lightning and the Rangers get your popcorn ready as the rags go for a 2 to nothing series lead of their own for more sports content follow 77 wabc sports on instagram and twitter and here with your early news sports update i'm justin ellick on 77 wabc all
2: right thanks justin i'm looking at your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center we may see a little drizzle or a shower to about eight this morning that clears turning mostly sunny today or high 76 the overnight low 64 a sunny day tomorrow for your saturday the high 78 light winds Right now, we have a reading of 63 degrees, cloudy skies here in the Big Apple. And filling in for Frank Morano, here's Alex Barnard with your
0: business report. Thanks, Deb. Happy Friday, everybody. The stock market opens today after all three averages ended on a high note. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial gained 435 points, the Nasdaq up 322 points, and the S&P 500 up 75. OPEC and its oil-producing allies agreed to hike output in July and August by a larger-than-expected amount as Russia's invasion of Ukraine wreaks havoc on global energy markets. OPEC Plus will increase production by 648,000 barrels per day in both July and August. The group has been slowly returning the nearly 10 million barrels per day it agreed to pull from the market in April 2020. Thermal coal prices have soared from Appalachia to Australia, threatening more increases in manufacturing costs and power bills this summer. Futures for coal delivered to northwestern Europe have risen 137% so far this year to $323.50 a metric ton as of Wednesday. Power demand has come roaring back from the pandemic to drive the gains, as has Russia's war in Ukraine, which prompted European electricity producers to stock up ahead of a ban on coal exports from Russia starting in August. Individual income tax collections for the fiscal year ending September 30th are projected to land at their highest level as a share of the U.S. economy since the advent of the income tax in 1913. Overall federal tax revenue this year is expected to hit 19.6% of gross domestic product, a figure that's been topped only three times, twice during World War II and again in 2000 before the dot-com bubble burst. The CBO says much of the revenue growth this year and in the coming years comes from faster economic growth, higher wages and profits and capital gains realizations from elevated asset prices and higher inflation. With your business report, I'm Alex Barnard, Talk Radio 77, WABC.
2: All right. Thanks, Alex. And looking at futures this morning, down the red, down 64 points at 33,159. The S&P 500 down 11 and a quarter points. The NASDAQ has fallen 55 and three quarter points. Gold down $4.70 an ounce at $1,866.70 and crude oil down 93 cents a barrel this morning at $115.94.
0: The WABC Early News.
2: Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. New York City has the third highest number of wrongful convictions in the nation. That's according to an article in the Bronx Times. However, a new bill that passed the State Assembly and is on its way to the State Senate would allow individuals convicted of a crime to petition the court for Post-conviction relief if DNA evidence emerges. Here's defense attorney Tom Hoffman, who spoke to PIX11.
1: The obstacles in overturning a conviction is extremely difficult with many challenges and many procedural hurdles. It takes hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of work. 98%
2: of convictions in New York are the result of guilty pleas. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, more than 20% of people exonerated since 1989 actually pleaded guilty despite their innocence. The New York State bill sponsored by Brooklyn Senator Zelnor Myrie and Upper East Side Assembly member Dan Quart has support from groups like the Innocence Project, Vocal New York, and the New York County Defender Services. The right to attorney in post-conviction cases would be allowed in post-conviction cases should this bill pass. New York, one of five states that does not allow that attorney representation post-conviction. Seven Rikers Island inmates have been indicted now in connection with a brutal attack on a pair of corrections officers and also an inmate. The defendants were arraigned Tuesday on the assault and robbery indictment in connection with an April 10th incident. Dr. Robert Cohen, one of the members of the Board of Corrections, spoke to New York One on conditions at Rikers.
0: There is a life and death crisis in the jails because more than a thousand officers are not coming to work each day. And those that do are not assigned appropriately.
2: These seven inmates are accused of punching and kicking a female officer, hitting a male officer, slashing him and pepper spraying him and also stabbing an inmate in that incident. Rikers is under threat of a federal takeover. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is standing firm on his mask mandate for New York's youngest students with the close of school only about three weeks away now. His firm stance follows his insistence two months ago That he wanted to dump the requirement that two to four-year-olds mask up indoors at daycare centers, public schools, and other city-run programs. And parents say they are fed up over the mask mandate for their youngsters. Here's what a few parents had to say back in April. We don't want to wear them. And we have immune systems. This is what we're designed to do. We'll fight it. Children under five should be able to breathe and have fresh air and not stay with masks indoors all day long. Adams told the New York Post Wednesday, I want to remove masks and see our babies' faces as quickly as possible. We are prepared, not panicked, as we move into the next phase of the pandemic. A bill to shrink class sizes in New York City's public schools has passed the New York State Legislature, despite strong opposition from Mayor Adams. He wanted four years of control, as promised by New York Governor Hochul, but the state legislature has given him only two years of oversight. The legislation also limits the number of students per classroom over a phased-in period of five years. Here's Senator John Liu, chair of the New York City Education Committee. The
1: New York City public school population is significantly lower. Let's use this opportunity to maintain those class sizes so that going into the future, we will be able to conform with more of a national norm.
2: If signed into law by Governor Hochul, kindergarten through third grade classes would be capped at 20 students, fourth through eighth grade at 23 students, and high school at a total of 25 students. Mayor Adams has sent city employees a stern letter. It orders them back to work in office saying hybrid models are over with. It's a push to stimulate the city's economy. Adams has pressed private sector employers back into office work, and now he's turning up the pressure on city workers. How does that look, that city employees are home while I'm
1: telling everyone else it's time to get back to work?
2: According to city data, COVID cases are actually decreasing now at an 8.5% over a seven-day rolling average, Adams has not said, though, what the consequences would be for employees who fail to return to in-office work or just what exceptions would be in place. Two people have now died from Legionnaires' disease in the Bronx, according to health officials. The city's health department said a total of 24 people have been diagnosed since May 3rd. Four are currently hospitalized. This cluster of cases is in the Highbridge neighborhood of the Bronx, Four cooling towers in the area tested positive for the bacteria that causes Legionnaires. The health department says the four towers have since been disinfected. Here's Dr. Daniel Griffin, chief of infectious diseases at ProHealth. He spoke to NBC New York. There's a couple of unique features about this. This is one that we, we see with a certain seasonality. Um, we start to see people get this type of pneumonia in the spring, and then in the early fall, and the reason we do is that um, the the pathogen that causes um, Legionnaires' disease mm-hmm. uh, is actually in water. Health officials say the two people who died were over fifty and high risk. And looking at your forecasts from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center, slight chance of showers until about eight this morning, then it clears up, turning mostly sunny. The high seventy-six, partly cloudy overnight. The low sixty-four. Nice day tomorrow, sunshine. The high. 78 with light winds to 11 miles per hour. Right now, 63 cloudy skies here in Manhattan. Disgraced attorney Michael Avenatti sentenced to four years in prison for stealing nearly $300,000 from his former client, adult film actress Stormy Daniels. District Judge Jesse Furman said Avenatti's conduct was brazen and egregious. Avenatti was convicted back in February of one count of wire fraud and one count of aggravated identity Theft. He faced as much as 20 years on the wire for a charge and a mandatory two-year sentence on the aggravated identity theft. He is currently serving a 30-month prison sentence for attempting to extort over $20 million from Nike.
0: It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.